Welcome to the Fox Pro Podcast, brought to you by Fox Pro Game Calls. Welcome back to the Fox Pro Podcast. On this episode, we're discussing the effect that the moon, weather, and temperature has on coyote movement. Joining us once again is Tori Cook of MFK Game Calls. How's it going, Tori? All going pretty good. Watching it rain here. Watching it rain. Have y'all had any bad cold temps or snow down down yeah. that way? Yeah, we have been, you know, I'm deep south. I'm right right above the Louisiana line, south Arkansas. And we've had it's rare, but we've had ice and snow, more ice than anything. And when that happens here, you'd think the world had shut down because it shuts it down down here. We hadn't had I think the mail just started running again within the last day or two and they still don't have schools open, got a ball order in effect on the water. So really it's uh it's finally the temperature is supposed to get up close to I think in the fifties today. So the last of the ice, I'm looking at it right now, this rain, it's the ice and snow has turned to rain. And uh, so it's melting everything off right now. I'm glad of it. It's right. good nasty now. Right. Well, I mean, uh, uh, this podcast won't be out for, for a couple of weeks, but, you know, here it's been pretty nasty as well. We we actually had like six or seven inches of snow on the ground, which is a really good snow for us here. And same thing, uh, kids been out of school for, for over a week, actually. I, you know, I still got a boy in high school, and my wife's a high school teacher. They're both here at home today. So I think tomorrow's going to be their first day back man they ain't been much since christmas break so anyway it's uh it it has a way of shutting us down too and you know we're kind of used to a little bit of snow every winter so i can imagine what it's like down your area oh i'll tell you a funny story real quick about it and just to show you how how odd and the way well the grocery stores sell out everything if you can get to them but they brought in some snow plows this year, and they was going to plow off these highways. Yeah. Well, we got out here, and we met one of the snow plows, and they've got <laughs> – they ain't got much experience running these plows because they was going down the highway, and the plow was hitting the – you know, it was hitting the pavement ever so often. So it was a patch of ice and then a bare spot and then a <laughs> patch of ice. They was just setting it up for disaster. And then Sunday morning uh, – Ian Grace and Grimboy, they was all going to church, and uh, we was coming in behind them, and they was in the ditch over on the side. One of them spots, snow plow missed. They done them, a, cut them a couple donuts, and went across the highway, oh, and they no. weren't going very fast, but uh, slid down in the ditch and got stuck. <laughs> anyway, glad nobody got kinda, hurt. <laughs> yeah, nobody got hurt. We was able to. We was actually able. There wasn't nothing to hook to, and. uh Anyway, we was able to push them out, but they just, they ain't prepared for the snow and ice down here. And there's a girl that moved down here from Ohio and they was laughing about oh, it. Oh, man. I'm you know, imagining right to now, everybody that listened to this up north are like, what in the world are they talking about? Shutting things down for snow? <laughs> oh, ain't nothing to it. So, well, yeah, it shut everything down here. Yeah, yeah, buddy. Well, like I said earlier, the topic of this podcast is the effect that the moon, weather, and temperature has on coyote movement. The way I see it, Tori is the perfect guest for this topic because Tori has has personally helped raise multiple litters of coyotes in a wild environment. The coyotes that Tori records sounds from are free-ranging animals, and Tori Tori is around these animals on a daily basis and gets a front row seat to a coyote's day-to-day life. Now, that being said, Tori, 
and myself, neither one of us are biologists, but we are outdoorsmen, and I'd consider us uh, woodsmen, wouldn't you, Tori? Oh, <laughs> you that's, that's my number one thing above above all, being a woodsman. Yeah, pride yourself on that. You know, we spend a, a ton of time in the outdoors, I mean daily. So what we'll be, what we'll be sharing with you guys on this episode is just that. It, it's our opinions and views on on the topics. Some of you are going to agree with us, and some of you are going to going to disagree. But we'll get right to it, Tori. The first thing I want to ask you is, how often do you get the question referring to moon weather and temperature and how it plays a role on on how coyotes act? It, it comes up several times a year, you know, just through messages or conversation, and sometimes it's on coyotes and sometimes it's on deer. But I think it all pretty well relates and i'm glad you throw that disclaimer out there right off the bat because that's one of the things i was going to start out with is you know i've got buddies and know people and myself included that have believed in certain things you know moon whatever whatever it may be temperature barometric pressure and that's one it's a lot of times it gets heated and controversial because everybody's got a difference of opinion on it right and so i just want to start out and say if you believe in it and you think it helps you then keep doing it. You know, it's, it's, you know, not telling you not to do anything or to do anything. This is strictly, like you said, opinions based off of, of observation and stuff that I've kept up with and, and tried to document and track because I was trying to make a, you know, a connection to some of these things. So, yeah. Yeah. um, But yeah, you know, I get to, I get, I get the question and and we as a, uh, as a company get that question a lot as, as well. And, you know, I don't really know how to answer it at times because I don't keep up with those type of records very much. You know, I'm one of those type of people, and I te- and this is what I tell everybody, you know, no matter what's going on, if if you have the time to go hunting, no matter what uh, situation is out there with moon and temperature and all that type of stuff, if you got a few days off, weekend off, whatever, and you're chomping at the bit to go hunting, the way I see it, if you've got the ground and you can have that wind in your favor to call coyotes, go pour it on them. But, you know, there could be factors out there that, that we can't see that could, you know, I'm not going to say either way for a fact, 100% fact. You know, I'm one of those type of people having my certain beliefs as well. But, uh, you know, it's a it could be a touchy subject. I've read articles, listened to other podcasts, uh, watched video clips and stuff of like some studies that uh, – certain like say deer biologists do on studies for moon phases and and deer movement and they'll say one thing and then you might watch a big you know certain uh deer hunting outdoor personality that stacks big bucks every year multiples of them in multiple different states and they swear by going by a moon phase chart and stuff like that so you know do do you believe somebody out there with a first-hand hunting experience or do you believe the scientist you know or do you (laughs) kind of mix them i don't know but anyway uh, have you have you noticed any kind of increase or decrease in activity with the coyotes that you all have raised in reference to moon phase and it can be any moon phase you know moon phase across the across the board right no i I have not just to keep it short and simple no, and that's something that I that I have kept up with, and and even backdated with, you know, some stuff concerning the moon, not only the moon phase, but also the moon position, overhead, underfoot, that stuff. Of people to get into a lot, 
But no, I have not noticed any difference in their movement as it correlates to the moon phase at all. Now, there have been times where I've seen them be very active one day. And so I'll, I'll take note of that. And it may correlate with, you know, some of the things you hear about the moon being completely dark or something. They're up real active during the daytime. And, you know, so I think maybe I'm on to something. Well, for every time that's happened, I've also had those times where, you know, you got a full moon and they're just as active, you know, it's not so it, everything it'll, there's contradictions to it. So as far as trying to get any kind of reliable prediction or anything consistent with their movement as it relates to the moon, I hadn't seen that at all because for every day that you've got, they're real active and up and about and howling and they act excited. You know, I get to see them at closer, close range and I'm, paying attention to that stuff and actually documenting it and have for several years now right. paid attention to that stuff. And there's, there's just nothing. I hadn't seen anything that predicted that will predict it because forever really good day you'll have, you'll have a bad day that has those same conditions, that same moon phase. And so no, I hadn't found anything, you know, to go on. Right. And when you, when you're taking notes, and and you know logging data like that are you keeping up with the moon phase humidity temperature just pretty much everything that you can compile in there to see if you can see some kind of pattern i mainly looked at three things you know when when i was doing it it was just overall weather conditions mainly the wind wind speed stuff like that wind direction the temperature um, barometric pressure, I guess it'd be four things or, or right. depends on how you want to break it down. Right. Because when I look at the moon phase, I'm looking at what they refer to as the major and minor yep. and also the, the moon phase. So there's multiple factors, you know, right. as it relates to the moon. So I would look at the moon phase, the moon position, overhead, underfoot, and then that's the major, what they would call the major. And then the minor move time is that moon rise, moon set. And so when you, that was another thing that I got into with the moon stuff. You start looking at all these factors, the, the moon phase, the major minor times, and it gives you a lot of stuff to attach to movement if you're trying to. So if you're trying to, to you know, if you're watching these coats and you go look at all these different factors, you can usually find something to attach to it if that's what you're, trying to do but if you do it long enough you'll find out that 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 tip there's usually something else driving it and there's so many factors like is it breeding season you know is it uppering season you know those things are what really seem to factor how they move more so than the moon phase or anything like that right i mean i guess soon as you think you're on to something with with uh some kind of factor whether it's the moon or whatever, you always find a group of coyotes or a, a, a stretch of coyotes. It kind of proves everything that you thought you knew wrong sort of thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. And you need, it's so hard to, it from a study standpoint, I guess, or research experiment, you know, you need that constant control. That's almost yeah. impossible to have. You know, you need multiple days of the same weather yeah. conditions, you know, same, same everything Yeah. to really, decide on it but on those let's say you get that stretch where you have 
you know, two weeks of weather that's very similar. And that's when I re- have really been able to document that what those couch are doing and say that from one day to the next, I see flare-ups and movement on one day, and then the next day is very similar conditions, pretty much the same or as close as you could get to being the same. And those cows will be laying around doing nothing that day. Yeah. So yeah. it's just up and down with with what – and usually there's kind of, you know, to keep it simple, usually there's just their typical natural behavior, which is moving dusk and dawn and, and yeah. more throughout the night for a cow. Right. So that's what you usually see. So regardless of those moon phases. Right. Well, say in reference with the moon phases, what about actual coyote hunting? Have you seen any consistent differences in being able to call a coyote in with Fox Pro, you know, using your sounds, using Fox Pro sounds during different moon phases or, you know, or same, same result, what you were just saying before? It's pretty much the same result. I've had those days where I've went out and had a had a killer day, and the moon is dark. You know, it's a it's a dark moon, and I said, man, that's 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 helping me out. And then I've had days where it's a full moon and had just as good a day, if not better, and everything in between. Had bad days on both, had good days on both. You know, it's just back and forth. But I know early on we first started hunting and doing a lot of locating, howling, and stuff like that. My buddy Kerry Wayne and I were, boy, if we had a bad night and didn't hear much or blamed it on something the next morning and didn't <laughs> see nothing, well, first thing you know, boy, there's that moon. Yeah. So that's, we we wanted something to blame it on, you know, or wanted a reason. That but then a, I started that was easy one, And that was an easy one to blame it on, wasn't it? <laughs> Jumps right out, especially when it's sitting there looking at you. So, yeah. you know, it's easy. Everybody wants a reason or an excuse or whatever for both good and bad. You're looking for a reason for why it was so much better this day or why it was terrible the next. And I think we attach after doing this so long, I think we attach it to stuff that probably doesn't factor in. I'm not going to, I can't prove it one way or the other. I'm not going to say there's maybe not some minor percentage on certain days, but I think it's so minor and so inconsistent that there's no way to, to reliably predict anything you're right right well you know i see several coyote hunters you know across the country that seem to have like a lunar based belief in in coyote movement um you know we see the topic of of full moon pop up a lot see it mentioned with nighttime and daytime coyote calling you know some people will say you know like just like what you said they'll have maybe trouble calling them in and like ah it's a dang full moon man they're tough to deal with during the full moon and then i do see people talk about the full moon at night i know one of the reasons it's tough on some guys at night is because you know you know one popular thing with nighttime hunting is standing right out in the middle of the field you know with your gun on a tripod so i know right. it, the moon lights you up so it, it it's easier to be seen but what do you think do you think there is anything to that with with the full moon type stuff and some people mentioning that about having trouble calling coyotes in not other than what you just talked about i think with yeah. the night calling it is simply because there's light you know you you got to hide. You're not the advantage for the coyote to see you is a lot greater. Right. So I think that's the main thing. But with my coats and also with 
Highland Cup vocal response to locating and stuff like that, but mainly just my coats. Every and like you said, they're free range, and there's nothing. There's no factor, you know, swaying their movement one way or the other. They're just doing their thing, and I'm getting to watch them. Right. And also, how how often they're vocal, be it right. night or day. And I don't see any difference. I, I'll just as far as the moon phase, full or dark, full or new or anything in between, I don't think the moon phase has anything to do with animal movement whatsoever. Right. Coats, deer, I don't think it affects them at all. Right. The only the only part of the moon that I think may play a minor role and it's something I've been fooling with this past probably the past several months, been paying a lot more attention to it both with coats and deer, is moon position overhead underfoot yeah yeah and when i first started tinkering with that a little bit because i know some people that are i mean they're big on it especially with deer hunting oh man um, and also with coyote hunting so i there's a if anybody wants to track this for themselves they can do it right here there's a website called i think it's dates and times or times yep. and dates and yep. you can backdate this or look at it currently and you can look at it into the future what the moon position and all that stuff is going to be for you know for your area if you want to track this stuff and just see what you come up with right but you got to keep it in mind when you're going to experiment with stuff you got to go every day and the things have to be the same you know if you hunt here one day and you have a good day and then you hunt a different area the next day you can't really make a fair comparison if you had a good day and a bad day at different spots, you can't really relate that necessarily to uh, to the moon or anything else. You just may have been in a better spot. Right, exactly. And I think, for example, I got a buddy that's been kind of tracking his name, Jonathan Beasley. We deer hunt a bunch pretty much every day, and we're hunting the same big woods, river bottom. It's, it's no baiting. It's no nothing to – it's just natural deer movement. And – We'll set on the same, you know, hunting the same afternoon, day after day. We hunt almost every day. And we've been keeping up with this. And there are days where I think one just the other day, he saw 17, I saw three. He's sitting in a better spot tonight. We're hunting right. the same kind of food source, overcup acorns, all that kind of deal. And then when you go back and look at the moon phase for that time frame, well, it was terrible. And he saw 17 deer. Right, and it you saw been. three. And I saw three, so if we both went back and looked at it, you know, when I called him, and I'd already looked at it, and he had two, I called him, we're talking about it, and I said, uh, he said, well, you think the moon had anything to do with it? <laughs> not for, not for my, him. I, I was going to blame it on the moon until you seen 17. Not only did he see 17, 11 of them was bucks, and one of them was a pretty oh, good man. deer. Hey, maybe so, his scent control is better than yours. <laughs> it may that might be it you know it just who knows but i don't think it was right i don't think it was the moon right. so what i'm getting no way at it is, could no way it could be if y'all experienced total different things with the same moon you know what i mean and, same and day all other conditions are the same as far as food sources yeah, and stuff there's right. nothing i've had guys some of my buddies and I, I i like to argue so we'll get into it and some of this stuff and we'll talk about the moon, and they'll be telling me about their pictures and when their deer yep. coming out. And the yep. moon was this or that, and and I know, you know, I know it's on a feed pile. Well, you can't use a feed pile, something that you know. There are certain things when you're having these experiments, you can't. 
there those are factors that change what would typically be natural movement right you know when you when you introduce stuff like that that changes it so you can't really use stuff like that same thing this is a story on on coyotes had a guy called me last year he put out a bait pile for coyotes in this field that they had been seeing some coyote knew they had coyotes around he starts trying he's trying to kill the coyotes in the daytime they couldn't hunt at night and uh he'd sent me some messages i ended up calling him and he's asking me about you know killing these coyotes he said I, they're coming to it he said i'm getting their pictures on this bait pile he said i go out there and hunt and try to call them in i can't see them and I asked him, I said, what time are you getting your pictures? And he said, well, it's in, been in the middle of the night, you know, usually after midnight. Right. And he said, but it's, he said, but it's been a full moon. He said, you think a full moon's making them come out there in the middle of the night? I said, no, I think your coyotes are probably living, living somewhere else, ain't they? A <laughs> little, little bit of pressure from him putting out the bait pile. And uh, then I said, I bet you them coyotes are betting a pretty good ways yeah. off that field and they're not getting there. So sure enough, I told him, I said, where's your nearest, you know, how's it lay out and all this kind of stuff. And I just told him, I said, I bet if you crowd the thickest stuff around there, because he said it was, you know, kind of open woods around the field and about a half mile away, it butted up to some cut over thicket stuff. Well, sure enough, he called me back a couple of days later. He said, man, I set up out there on them same conditions. It's still a full moon. He's blasting these coats in the daytime. It didn't have anything to do with the moon, them getting to the bait pile in the middle of the night. It was just where they were laying at in relation yep. to the bait pile. Yep. So, yep. You know, but if you wanted to and kind of what he was alluding to is well that damn moon you know right so. well you know i told you a story the other day when we first talked about maybe doing this podcast you know we just had the idea of because of the questions you've been getting and something you'd posted on facebook but i told you a story about my deer hunt down in south texas a few years ago we went down our middle middle of december which down there is when a the deer rut pretty good and you you can really get into some of that you know, that Texas rattling, fast-paced action everybody hears about, you know, go down there and hit some horns together and have these big bucks come running in. So I was pumped up about it. Well, we get yeah. there, and he tell the guy, you know, I, again, I'm somebody that never has really paid attention to the moon. I never have. So he got talking about moon phases and stuff, said, well, he might have a little trouble this week out of the moon. I'm like, well, you know, what it, you know, whatever <laughs> type stuff. Right. So we was going out in the mornings going out in the afternoons late afternoons and we were seeing some deer but we hadn't called nothing up i mean no call-ins and hadn't seen no mature bucks and you know we was going in eating a late breakfast laying around maybe taking a nap and then going back out late afternoon well about the third day i'm about half dozed off and here he comes in hollers at me john let's get up i just checked the moon guide and they say major movement at like it was like one or one thirty in the afternoon, you know, midday, sun up high. Well, yeah. it's hot down there. I mean, it's like it's like almost ninety degrees. It's like I mean, it's like in the eighties, if I remember correctly. I yeah. remember I was wearing just like a long sleeve T shirt, and I was like, man, this guy's crazy. There ain't no way we're gonna call up no big old buck in the middle of the day and it burning up hot. Well, I'd be <laughs> we getting this Sendero. He says, rattle here. He's showing me on a map. Said rattle here. 15, 20 minutes, just like he's making a coyote stand. Nothing shows up. Get up and move down to this point and do it again. You know, just so on and so on and so on. He said, then I'll pick you up at the Encendero at this time. First right. set, nothing. And I'm sitting there thinking, you know, we filmed it. I looked at the camera guys. It's stupid. <laughs> we'll, we'll do it. We're out here. We're going to do it anyway. This is stupid. 
I'd be daggone. We get on that second setup and we hit the horns together and it ain't a minute later. I hear this thrashing coming from the mesquite and thick cactus and all this stuff. And I can actually see like the tops of this mesquite stuff moving in a couple spots. All of a sudden her jumps out this great big old, you know, wasn't a monstrous rack buck. He was just like a 130 inch buck. But big old mature eight pointer come busting out, just all postured up, matter and far, and we we shoot him and kill him. And age that buck ended up being a six and a half year old eight point that we killed at like one fifteen in the afternoon while it was eighty some degrees. And uh, of course, when he got, I knew the moon that moon god said <laughs> be out there at this time. So you know, I was like, man, maybe there's something yeah. to this moon stuff. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and. The- you know, that's, that's a big part of it, too, is like we were talking about earlier. I think if you are looking for a reason, you can usually find a reason, you know, something to attach it to. And there's usually enough options, whether it be the moon or the temperature or the barometric pressure or something. There's usually something that you can tie, you know, you can tie it to for an excuse or a reason, whichever one you're looking for, to why you had a good day or a bad day. And right. sometimes I think, you know, I just well, doing not, it enough. Yeah. It's just too much variation and too much inconsistencies between it to ever rely on it enough to nah. like, like you started out with ever rely on it enough to say, yeah, I'm going to hunt today or no, I'm not going to hunt today because of some of these weather and moon right. conditions. Well, and it's just and, like that situation there. I, it made me think after that sucker come out, I actually just quit thinking about the moon. You know, he told us to come out because of the moon doing whatever. And, you know, I didn't even really think about it after we killed the buck. But that was the first thing he said. You know, we, we called him up and he come right. He said, man, I knew it was going to happen. That moon told me it was, you know. I was like, <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah. And then the very next time it lines up just like it, you don't go do out. Don't do nothing. <laughs> don't do nothing. So, you know, it's, it's just too inconsistent. And another thing, this was what really, I, I was already leaning towards the things I've been saying, but what really kind of solidified it for me is when all these GPS studies started coming out. Because yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm into that. That's the geek side of me. I'm into that kind of stuff, both on coyotes and deer. You know, and I will read these boring, long ass, I mean, just put you to just, man, they're just, you can't hardly stick with them because they're scientific based. And yeah. I mean, the reading, and a lot of people will watch the YouTube, and I do too. You can watch the YouTube clips and the shortened down, you know, straight to the point versions. But I usually go in and read those research papers all the way through. And I also look at the source where they're coming from because if it's, if it's some, it's, animal rights bs where they've got an agenda i won't even read them studies because or i might read them just to kind of see you know what their angle is or what angle they're trying to use but most of the stuff i'm talking about are coming from these universities yeah. you know where yeah. they are doing studies on specific animals they've got biologists that are running long you know multiple year gps studies on a bunch of animals of a bunch of different age classes both couch deer whatever the whatever the animal is is on and when you start really looking into them where it's plotting the position of this animal every 15 minutes or whatever their control is but a lot of times that's kind of what they structured off of about every 15 minutes it's showing the position of that animal well then you can take all of that and 
tie it back to time of the day, weather conditions, moon phase, whatever you want to look at, you've got all these data points of this animal, not only one animal, but hundreds of animals that you can tie back to whatever's going on at that time frame. You know, that particular date, what everything is doing from temperature to the moon phase and everything in between. Yep. And you just don't see any consistent. Those animals basically have, whether it be a coyote or a deer or whatever, they have their natural movement patterns and their natural instincts to feed, bed, stay safe, all that kind of stuff. And that's pretty much what drives their movement day in and day out. Then you have, you know, the extremes where you have extreme weather conditions, you know, that I think do affect their movement. But for the most part, moon phase, moon phase in particular, there is one study I'm aware of. I think it was by, not 100%, but I think it was by Penn State. Yep. Something I, I want to I look actually into read a this one a few weeks ago, I bet, the same one about deer movement. Yeah, it's on deer movement. Yep. But I think a lot of the stuff, deer and coats and their movement, for one, you know, the way your prey animals move directly affects your oh, of predators. of course. Of course. Yeah. So there's a lot of correlation. I know we, we're kind of jumping over and overlapping coat stuff with, with deer. Yeah. But I think there's a lot of overlap and similarities between their movement i've I've raised deer i also raised coats and coons and everything else but especially between deer and coats there's a lot of similarities between the times that they move both of those animals tend to move dawn and dusk and then throughout the night that's when they're the most active but especially those dawn and dusk you know right around dark time yep it's when they when they are the most active naturally you know if you take out all other factors human pressure the weather everything that's when they are they tend to move the most right that that was actually my next question you know i was going to ask you know is it fair to say no matter the moon phase coyotes are generally more active at night than they are during the day no matter what the moon phase is would you is that fair to say Oh, yeah, absolutely, 100%. Day in and day out, that holds true. You have those exceptions, you know, where they're real active deer and cows, where they're real active. At, but those are outside the norm, you know. Right, so, yeah. yeah. yeah, and, and like you said, and even then, it's, uh, you know, your best chance to, to spot a coyote out in the open doing something that a coyote does out feeding or whatever is usually in those first couple hours of daytime in the last, couple hours a day right there at sunset and then of course through all hours of the night i'm assuming yeah yeah i mean you just look and everybody listening you know i'm gonna gonna pitch this at them too a couple years ago probably like i said earlier i like to pick around with some of my buddies and sometimes i'll get in arguments or or even start arguments you know sometimes i'm baiting them on purpose (laughs) but uh (laughs) We had got on the subject of the moon phase and, and stuff like that, and uh, we all hunt, and I all hunt a good bit, both coyotes and deer. And I was the only one. I was the only one that didn't really buy into some of the moon phase stuff at the time. But after we went back and forth there for a little while, I they didn't even know I was doing it, but I'd talked to them, you know, after this conversation was over with, and it was mainly text messages in a group 
deal. But ever since then, every time I talk to them about hunting or whatever, I'm paying attention. And I may even have to ask them or get it out of them without them knowing what I'm doing. I'll ask them about, you know, when they're, well, every one of them are hunting morning and evening. That's what they're hunting. They're hunting morning and evening, regardless of where they're hunting coyotes or deer. Right. Those are the time frame we're hunting early and late. And the reason that for that, and that's what everybody does for the most part, is because that's when everybody knows that that's when those times are best. So You'll even though some feet. of them believe, yeah. even though some of my buddies say they believe in this moon phase deal, they ain't sitting out there in the middle. They're not getting to their stand at 11 <laughs> o'clock and hunting till 2. Right. They're eating lunch at that time. you dang right. That's what I be doing. So, <laughs> Yeah. I'm not saying, you know, sometimes you don't hunt all day, but right. if they're picking and choosing, it's early and late across the board. And that's what most of us do day in and day out, because we know that's when the animals are the most active. And then you bring in on the coyote side of it and some people on the deer hunting side of it, especially down this far south, they go hunt all night because that's when they're the most right. active. Right. So, you know, they ain't even uh, think about going during the day, are they? That's right. So, that's right. So, so to su- sum it up, when it comes to moon phases, you see no increase or decrease in activity that's associated with moon phase when we're talking about coyotes. Right. And, no the, and the only exception, none, none. The only exception was I was going to bring that Penn State deal up. And we kind of got sidetracked on it. And it refers to the moon position. Now, I know anybody that listens to this, if we don't cover the moon position, right, right, overhead, right. underfoot side of it, they're going to raise they're gonna that talk question. About it. Yeah. You know why? Well, y'all didn't say nothing about yeah. moon position, overhead, underfoot. Yeah, them idiots don't know nothing about the moon. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that that part of it, I'm still, I don't think it affects it very much if it does. And I think that Penn State study. If I remember right, it was showing like a small, like very uh-huh. small. Percentage. I read the same one. I read the same one. I know exactly. They had radio collared X amount of deer. Yeah, it's a it's yep. a good art. You all can find it. Just Google it. You'll see it. It's it's pretty interesting. I liked it anyway. Yeah, I think I think that stuff is you know gives you something to think about. And what I'm getting at with that, let's this is for the guy that only has you know you can't hunt every day. Mm-hmm. Maybe you got a pit. You're gonna take a day off work, and you got to pick between Thursday and Friday. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you got to pick between Thursday and Sunday, whatever right. it is. And you've only got them two days. And the moon position and everything lines up a little bit better for Thursday than it does whatever other day you could take off work. Right. Then even though I don't believe it plays a very big role and doesn't tip the odds in your favor very much, if it is just a slight percentage or two or 15% or whatever it is, or uh, some of them studies that was showing that when that moon overhead underfoot and what you're looking for on that, if people don't understand it, the overhead position or the underfoot position lining up and hitting out early in the morning in daylight hours, if you're daylight hunting, you're wanting to hit, you want that overhead underfoot to correlate with the natural movement times anyway, being early and late. So, you know, if you were going to, if you wanted to put anything into it or if you believe in it, then, you know, take that day off work that best correlates because you might have, if there's anything to it, like I said, can't prove it. I'm still looking at it, but, you know, pick that day. It might, might give you just a little bit higher odds. Yep. Or you, or you might've missed them from the day before. 
Right. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's switch gears here. Let's talk about a different factor. What about barometric pressure? Have you kept up with any of that? Have you seen any correlation with barometric pressure and coyote movement? You know, like with your coyotes you, you spend almost every day with? Yes, I've kept up with it. No, I haven't seen much relation to barometric pressure. And this is kind of one of those depends on what you want to tie things to. Because, and I, I just use just walking outside and looking at the day for the yeah. most part. Yeah. Because typically what you usually hear is rising barometric pressure. That's going to increase the movement on coyotes, deer, you know, across the board. That's what you typically hear. You want that rising yep. barometer. Yep. Well, rising barometer is usually, usually equates to pretty weather, better weather, you know, and so going back to that uh, example I used earlier, if, if I'm watching my coyotes or if I'm deer hunting or coyote hunting or whatever it may be, and I've got pretty much normal weather for a period of time, week or better, I don't see and you, that barometric pressure has slight changes in it, up and down. I don't see any correlation with that, the change in that barometric pressure and the animal's movement. They're pretty much doing the same things day in and day out. And then you'll have those random days for no apparent reason. It may be on a falling pressure that they're very active, very vocal, hopping around, playing, wrestling. And the next day they're lethargic and won't hardly howl. Right. And it may be a rising pressure on the day that they weren't doing much. I think where you see that and where people tie it to stuff is when you have maybe several days of the weather's not very good you know it's some of those just bad bad weather days and right. i'm not necessarily talking about storming just they just they don't feel as good and then you have a change to where you have a pretty day a pretty not only and and i say that i use the way i feel to judge it is because you pick up on that stuff too when you walk outside, you just automatically notice the difference. And, well, it's not near as humid today. It just feels a lot better outside. It's a pretty day, bright bluebird sky. It's just a pretty day, and it, everything feels good. I think when you have those drastic changes like that, you may see a, a increase in the animals moving around just because it's a better day. They pick up on it just like we do. Right, and right. And so they're more apt to be a little more – and then what happens – people will say, well, the barometric pressure was rising that day. Well, that's just kind of a, yes, it was, but I don't think the animals, now fish are a different story, but I don't think those animals knew that the barometric pressure was rising. It was just a prettier day. Right, Especially right. Because, because when it's just fluctuating a little bit, day in and day out, it doesn't affect them at all. That right. barometric pressure, you can't, you can't put any, consistency to movement with it at all right right well, what about uh what about temperature have you seen any correlation with temperature and coyote movement when when you get into the weather stuff like like temperature and bad weather versus good weather i do think you can pay more attention to that than you can moon phase or or you know pressure and it's typically kind of just like what we were talking about where you've got those, let's say it's in the heat of summer 
Yep. And it's those just killer days. And then you have, it's usually not a, uh, if you have a major front come through, usually that, that front passing through tends to shut them down. Yep. But when you have that, that just that pretty cool day outside of several days of, you know, misery, I think you can have, you know, I think the animals pick up on that too. Right. Just like we do. You're like, man, you get up that morning, you man, it feels, feels so much better out here. Right. I think that's what they react to. It's not, oh, man, the barometric pressure changed. Well, it, it just lit a well, fire. When it comes them. to that, I think you almost got to, you about got to humanize them a little bit. And you can see it in all other animals too, even, you know, domestic animals. You know, if you've got warmer than average days, just kind of like what you was talking about there, you know, it's been, you know, the average temperature, what it should be during that time of year, you know, throughout history. You know, you just got that average day in the summer. Well, all of a sudden, it it jumps up five, six, seven degrees hotter than it usually is, and it's high humidity. You know, you guys come here to Kentucky or down there in, in tourist part of the world, you'll, you'll figure out what high humidity is pretty quick. And when it's in the upper 90s and it's like 90-some percent humidity, ain't nothing doing anything when you walk outside of your air-conditioned house or get outside your air-conditioned truck you don't feel like doing nothing you feel like laying up you want to stay in that ac you don't want to do much well coyotes are kind of the same way and i think it's on the opposite opposite side of those bitter cold days when it's been mild in the winter and then all of a sudden yep. it drops 20 or 30 degrees you'll see guys on facebook i've seen them here just recently on that mfk page somebody said oh man he's fixing to get right this weekend temperatures are dropping plummeting down to close to zero you know it's been 40 degrees we're gonna burn them up this weekend well guess what happens they don't call the first thing up that weekend because it's shocked those those cows don't feel like doing nothing it's just like y'all had that big snow and ice storm there nobody wanted to do nothing for two or three days because that it shocked your all system but it comes to a point after about that third or fourth day of that consistent ice and snow, at some point you have got to get up and do something. And I think that's the same thing with these coyotes, especially talking about, yeah. you know, getting into that several days of cold. It'll screw them up that first day or two, but that third, fourth, fifth day, they eventually have to get up and start moving and feed. That is the, what you just touched on is what I think is the biggest predictor in animal movement. It's when you go anytime. And I was, I figured we was going to get into that with extreme weather changes. Yep. So yep. when you, when you have your normal conditions day in, day out, what your typical weather conditions are for that time of the year. And then you have a drastic change. A lot of people won't think that that is the trigger and it is a trigger. It's a trigger that shuts movement down. Negative. I think that is something that is reliable, whether it be, <clears throat> You know, summertime, and just like you said, you have those spikes where you have a heat wave come in, that that kills movement. So do big fronts and storms. During that time frame where that front is actually pushing through, it kills movement. Everything hunkers down, it shuts them down. Yep. And then as soon as you, you get that front through, and it's usually, may not even be the very next day, but that second day, third day, just like what you were talking about where that that weather pattern it may still be cold or it may be starting to trend back towards normal but as soon as you start to kind of stabilize after that front or after that that's high when you heat, see the good extreme cold as soon as you see the state that's starting to stabilize that's when you need to hunt for them next two or three days 
those are your spikes in activity. And I do see that with the coyotes that I raised, just, just like these here. That when this ice storm come through, it immediately shuts them down, and they're curled up in a ball throughout the day. You go, I've tried to get them to howl during it, and I can usually always make them howl. You know, if I just keep on, keep on yeah. howling at them, I can finally get one to crack loose, and then the rest of them will go to howling. Right. Well, I messed with them. I messed with them for two, on and off, two different days and nights when this ice come through, and couldn't get them to say a peep. I mean, they just wouldn't howl. And that's because they're down there balled up, you know, staying, you know, they're yep. in cover, yep. balled up and staying. And then I did see, which was it, it's still not very reliable, but during those really bitter days, a lot of times we can look out the window and see a coat. And because uh, there's enough of them around, especially this last one she raised, this one called Fancy, it kind of stay anyway. We were seeing those coats up moving when that sun. You know, when that sun started warmed, peeping yeah, out. Yeah, I got warmed them up. We started seeing them, you know, and I think it was just based on the feeling of that. And, of course, it was, it was, you know, 1, 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon when it was a little bit warmer during that really yeah. frigid weather. But after that ice hit, about that third day, oh, man, them things was, they was back up and. Right, right really active really active for a couple of days and it's because they'd been shut out for a couple of days yeah, they had they eventually have to do something either lay there and starve to death you know or yeah. get up and do something and, and just go right off that there just you know a couple of weeks ago we had that single digit temp stuff right here snow on the ground about six or seven inches of snow and uh, we we were filming we were filming for fur takers resurrection uh first yeah. morning we killed we killed two coyotes and then the rest of the day, it was nothing. I mean, we couldn't buy a coyote. We made a ton of dry stands, but it was single digits. I mean, it was like, I can't it was like six or seven degrees. And that's below average for us. The coyotes yeah. were just shut down. Well, that following morning, we had a little bit more snow. Just kind of just dusted right on top of what we had the day before. And it was even colder that morning. I mean, it was right there at zero. And, uh, we, we called, we made stands, made stands, made stands, couldn't buy a coat, didn't see nothing, didn't see nothing on its feet. And then finally the sun popped out at about 11 o'clock and we was, we was fixing to go eat lunch and, uh, had Cody down here. I told Cody, let's make one more stand. I got a spot up here. I think, you know, it's, it's tight on a thicket. We might call one right there. And, uh, I said, it's on the way we're going to go eat lunch. So we make that stand. And sure enough, four or five minutes into calling with a brand new MFK rabbit, cocktail sauce. <laughs> Just yeah. a few minutes into it, here comes a, a mangy old coyote. It's a mangy coyote. It's rough shape. Come burning in. I mean, just a awesome call in. We shot him like 30 steps from the call from the X-24. What happened was we couldn't buy a coyote for almost a full day. That whole uh you know, half a day the day before, then all that morning, then when that sun popped out, killed a coyote at eleven thirty, right in the middle of the day, that come in like it was the first stand in the morning, just beautiful. And I swear, yeah. I think it's what you said. That sun popped out. It wasn't no warmer. It was still in a single digit temps, but that sun felt good when it was hitting you. If you know what I mean. And the coyotes yeah. were out there yeah. feeling that too. A lot of it, I think you can you can judge a lot of it just based off how the day feels to you. I think the animals, and I see that with the coach. You know, it's you can judge a lot of it that way and not get as 
you know, as technical with trying to tie it to barometric pressure or something right. like that. But as over the years, I mean, this has been a topic of conversation for a long time. And a lot of times with some of these big deer hunters and stuff like that, it's tied back to product sales. So I wouldn't pay a whole lot of attention to, to some of that sometimes, you know, with, with that. But if people are just, if you like me, you're like you, and you're looking at that stuff, and you're completely unbiased. Maybe you're looking, you know, like with me, I'm wanting there to be something to give me an advantage for when I'm going to hunt or, you know, what time, I, how long I may sit there if I'm on a deer stand or cow calling. I'm looking for something to give me that edge. So I've been, you know, I've been optimistic about some of this stuff with the moon right, and right. all of that. But if you just look at it unbiased and you keep every, keep in mind that if you're going to, you know, if you're going to test that stuff, you've got to have a control that's, that's pretty similar day in and day out. And if you do all that and you're unbiased about it, I think you'll find that there's not a lot of consistency. Well, there's not any consistency that I've been able to find with any of it. And so it basically just boils down to time spent day right. in day out and you if you spend time and and hunt what are obviously good days you know i'm not saying that because i mean nobody's going out there in a thunderstorm and expecting to have good luck regardless of other conditions moon phase or whatever but you know day in day out if you've got normal weather you just need to hunt right and you'll have right. You will have, I promise you, because I've done it a bunch of times. I know you have too, especially if you go back and look at it. And that's something else you can do. Get your phone out and look at your pictures of when you had good days and when you killed cows or when you killed deer. Go to that date and time uh, website and look that stuff up. Look up that day and look up the moon position overhead underfoot and see if it ties in and see if you come up with anything. And if you do, then and you want to believe in it, then go for it. But I think what you'll end up finding is if you do it long enough, you'll find out that just being out there is, uh, you know, that's the, that's the main thing. Right. Well, let me ask you about this right here. And you kind of, you, you mentioned this just a little bit a few minutes ago, but what about hunting before and after weather fronts? Do you see any kind of, you know, drastic changes with that? You know, one thing I guess would be fair to bring up is last year, about this time, we were down there with Chris Robinson hunting. We had an awesome trip. But if you remember, that trip was busted up a little bit while we was there. We didn't get to hunt just two or three straight solid days. We had we had weather. We had rain and wind that was, you know, like we'd yep. miss a morning because of rain and but we still burned them up. We did great. But do you see do you see anything, you know, that you like? to see you know like hey there's a front coming in you what what about hunting before and after weather fronts you know does that make if, much difference if they're if they're small weather fronts i don't pay much attention to them one way or the other you know if it just blows in that evening out that night i don't think it makes a whole lot of yeah a whole lot of difference now those big fronts like what we just had a lot of people had you know blow through here the last week or so i think those i, I like the the after those fronts better i think it's more predictable after um i think on the front side people i think there may be some correlation to it but a lot of times people wait until the front has started you know you can you can feel that front coming and so on the front side of it i don't 
see as much. I think there may be some if you usually you wait too late on the front side. You need to be hunting that day or two before it gets there if it's a big front. And I don't pay a whole lot of attention to that. I've seen some good days, you know, here and there before those fronts. But after big, major, extreme weather, you know, rain, snow, temperatures, all that, wind, anytime it's extreme and it lasts for a couple days, as soon as it, like we were talking about a while ago, as soon as it starts to stabilize that after the front pushes through that next day of good weather, or usually it's that second day afterwards where it's really started to kind of stabilize, I like hunting behind those. I've, I've had some really good days. And I, out of all of the stuff you talk about, weather, moon, barometric pressure, all of that, that's the one time frame after those major fronts that last a couple days where you've got extreme weather changes. That's, that's where I think there's usually fairly predictable movement with, with having those good days. And I think it goes right back to what we were talking about before. When you have that extreme weather, they they don't have a choice. They pretty much have to hunker down and, and take cover just like we do during that time frame. I mean, when you've got extreme weather, they're not out in it. And so when they get the chance and that stuff passes through, I think that's when you get your, yeah. your most reliable, consistent Right, and it's the same, like I said, it's, a, it's the same for us. When all that nasty stuff's coming through, most people ain't doing nothing either if they don't have to you know yeah you ain't out you ain't out in the yard on that day for sure yeah you know just like if you got a beach vacation you laid up on the beach and all of a sudden it blows up a big old storm and blowing 35 mile an hour and thundering and lightning you ain't laid on the beach you back in the house watching tv <laughs> next day after right. it's gone is when you back out there on the beach right <laughs> that's right and going back to the gps studies they they correlate with that their yeah, movement yeah. It shows that they are bedded, they're hunkered down, they're not moving much during extreme weather. Yeah. Now, after it passes, and you know, then all of a sudden they're moving again, and so I think that's your your yeah. best chance to to do it. And there may be a little bit of it, I, you know, a little bit of it on the front side, but I'm not near as big on the front side as I am on the back side. And I, of I, the front. that's one of the questions we get a lot is, you know, I'll it'll be raining cats and dogs. I'll have somebody message me and say, hey, is is my whatever Fox Pro unit I'm running, they'll tell me what it is, is it waterproof? Will it hurt me <laughs> if I go out there in this weather and try to call coyotes? And I'm like, I'm like, you know, why why, why do you want to go? <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm not even, that's yeah. the last thing on my mind. So, you know, I just tell them, I say, you know, I'd be – very cautious you don't want to just pour a bucket of water down the horn of that thing and ain't gonna be very good for it i said you right. know there's a lot of pretty days out there I have to worry about the nasty ones but uh what what about let me ask you about this toy what about um those better than average days hunting when you go out there and everything just falls into place and you just absolutely pile them up do you think there's any kind of magic formula that's kind of just everything lined up with barometric pressure and moon phases and temperatures and fronts moving in and out and all that stuff do you see there's you think there's any magic formula that made that happen or do you think it's just that sheer luck of you planned everything out right I, luckily I hit think, it right and played the right sounds 
I think more than it, just like I said in that post, you know, I kind of typed up something real similar to that to where, you know, if there is one of those days where all of that stuff, moon position, moon phase, barometric pressure, it's a pretty day, you know, all of that kind of stuff lines up good. Then there's probably pretty high odds those are going to be some of those good days calling, but you could also have a bad day calling and it may be as simple as the spots you picked, the animals and, and, them being there or not and so kind of going with what you just said i think it's more just that was a good day for you and the plan the strategy that you had laid out for that day more so than it was any of that stuff now there's no way to prove it kind of going back to to what we were talking about about if you had a day off work i guess if i were going to to pick and choose my days because I had to. Maybe I couldn't hunt every day because of work or something. And I had to pick and choose. Then it makes sense to me to pick those days that, you know, if I saw all this stuff is going to line up, well, that tells me that, for one, that's going to be a, a pretty day. That's going to be a good day. Yeah. You know, I'm going to want to be out there. Yeah. yeah. And so if there's that chance that maybe all of that, and I think there is, does any of this stuff affect animals? Maybe, maybe to a certain degree, but there's no way, nothing has proven it. Nothing can put any consistent, reliable predictor to it. So all I would do as far as paying any attention to it outside of just my own curiosity and trying to, to figure it out, the only thing I would do with it is just, just like that. If, if I had days that I was picking and couldn't go every day, then I would probably, you know, pick my vacation time or my day off based on that being a better day just because all that stuff lines up and maybe it gives me a, a slightly better chance. But overall, I'm going regardless if I, if I have the opportunity, I'm going to hunt all of those days and you never know which one of them that one that lines up where everything looks perfect that may be your worst day or right. it may be your best you right know? it's just a toss right. up on that oh man there been there have been several times i've been out coyote calling and uh didn't do nothing you know just stunk it up got skunked and might be with somebody running a camera or with just a buddy just pleasure hunting i look over and say man something ain't right that moon you know something ain't right you know they just ain't coming today get home, get kicked back, say, oh, I see what's going on on Facebook, get scrolling through there, I see somebody down the road that couldn't kill a coyote to save her life, that killed 12. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, you oh, know. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the, the, just my honest thoughts on it and, and the way I feel about myself with the deal is if you – put the effort in to learn as much as you can about the animal that you're hunting and you put the effort in to have the ground to hunt it on and know that it's holding whatever animal you're after coyotes in this case you put all that together and you have figured out how to call them up and kill them then you don't really need to worry about any of that other stuff i'm confident in and there's a lot of other guys that feel the same way. You you said you've already said you don't pay any attention to it. No. You know that if it outside of extreme weather that just shuts you down, you pretty confident that you can go out there regardless of what the pressure is or the moon phase or any of that temperature, any of that other stuff, 
if it's just your your average weather for that time of the year, you can go to a spot, and if you've done everything else and know that you're calling to coach, you can call them up and kill them. That other stuff does not matter. You you will have those good days regardless of the weather. And then you have some other days that even though you know what you're doing, you may have slower days. But if it's if it's average weather, usually we're gonna call up some coats. Yeah. 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 I like I like I like those average days, those you know, uh, consistent temperatures for what the daily average should be for that time of year that's those are my favorite days it's like when we've seen these guys talking about it dropping down in the single digits and could not wait to get out there and i'm sitting there thinking like man i kill a lot more coyotes if it was 45 you know <laughs> you know and i'll feel a lot better doing it and you know i guess right. this is pretty much summing up on my end the way i look at it no matter and we're going back to moon phase no matter what the moon phase is a coyote is a coyote they still have to feed they still have to drink water and depending on what time of year it is they still going to have that paternal instinct if it's breeding season they're still going to have that that urge to make babies it's just you know it, it don't matter it's it you know it they've still got to be a coyote no matter what's going on yeah it, that was one of the that was one of the main points i was trying to make in that post you know and we talked about it earlier Common sense tells you that these animals have their natural and instinctual daily movement patterns based around surviving. I mean, that's, that is the bottom line. They have to do certain things every day to survive. And that means they have to move. They have to move to survive, to eat, to do all those things you just mentioned. And regardless of all those other factors, they pretty much have to do it. Yep. So, you got you just take advantage of that and really this will aggravate people sometimes but i i truly feel this way and i've even tried to do it you know for myself when i've had bad days deer hunting or coyote hunting or whatever people look for an excuse for why they don't have success right they want a reason for why i'm not calling up coyotes why i'm not this other guy's you know he's doing this well this is why he's having success and I'm not. And a lot of times people will use things like the moon or the weather or whatever they can come up with for an excuse to why they're not having success. And a lot of times it's just maybe you need to put a little more effort and time into going out there and making sure that you're a lot of times it boils down to whether or not you're calling goats and whether or not you're calling fresh ground and right right you know, keeping all that stuff and it's not if you look for an excuse to to why you're not having success and you use that as a reason to not put forth effort you're going to continue to be unsuccessful yeah, yeah. and you know I, I think a lot of people use all these different factors with the moon barometric pressure weather you know something something ain't right that made it's not their fault <laughs> well I somebody mean, something else caused it yeah but, uh, sometimes it's just as simple as how much effort did you put into that stand you made right. did you know that you were calling a coyote on that stand did you make two or three stands and then say well that damn full moon i ain't calling <laughs> to get it out. or do you do like y'all did 
if when there's bad weather on top of you do like y'all do y'all keep making stands and all of a sudden bam yeah there it is yep. call them up and then you you keep calling them up effort effort goes a long right. ways and being successful and along the way you learn stuff like that i mean you know it you've called them oh, up a, yeah. lot of, a lot of guys know it you may have several stands in a row that just ain't that good and then all of a sudden that that switch flips and they're turned on and you're killing them and ain't got nothing to do with any of these other conditions it's just you putting out effort and catching those time frames and making you know making your own success out of that deal well, you know, you know, and I said that earlier that I used to make I used to make excuses. You know, wasn't calling nothing up. There had to be something going on environmental that they just wasn't coming. But you know, after years of hunting and years of experience doing this type of stuff, I've got all the confidence in the world that I, that you know every stand. I'm not going to make a stand unless I think I can call a coyote up. I'm confident from the time I hit that button to the time I turn it off. Okay, you know, I I I'm confident. Every second of that stand, I think I'm going to kill a coyote. I don't get down thinking there's nothing around. Well, yeah, I chalk it up to now if I make a dry stand, I look at it just as if, well, you know, maybe I've put too much pressure on these coyotes. I'm I'm calling to a pressured coyote that just ain't going to come. You know, I can live with that. And the other thing is, is, hey, there wasn't a coyote there. There wasn't a coyote that heard me. He wasn't home right there when I called to him. I've still got that confidence that, you know, no matter what the stand is, if I'm making it, I think I'm going to call a coyote up. If he doesn't come, it was just something that just didn't work out. And it wasn't the moon. Right. It was just maybe the coyote wasn't there or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And, and going right now, we're probably getting towards the end of it, but going right back to what we said at the beginning, if if people have found them a formula and it works for them and they believe in it. Stick with it. I don't have – yeah, I don't have – I'm not – telling you not to do it i'm just giving you you know personal experience and yeah kind of like the camo deal you know normally in the winter time i'm wearing camo while i'm deer hunting yep not because i think them deer are gonna see me if i'm sitting up in there with without camo on yep. but because the clothes that i wear in the winter time most of the stuff is comfortable and it keeps me warm most of it is camouflage right during the summertime a lot of time i'm people have seen you know the videos and Might stuff, be a red t-shirt mind you yeah and they like man you what you got against camo i don't have anything against camo yeah. and if you you know it might even give you a slight advantage but it basically comes down to being steel but i always tell people hey if it makes you feel more confident to to put on camouflage i mean if you want to put makeup all over your face and and all that kind of stuff you can do that too if it gives you more confidence, I don't. I don't have anything. Hey, you are in so. you are in face paint next month <laughs> in Texas. <laughs> like I said, I'll bring you. I'll bring you, Steve. If people want to put it on, you know. And there was a time, hey, when I first started predator hunting, I decked out just like I do turkey hunting because birds can see. Oh yeah, you know, birds oh, can yeah. see. So, you know, head net gloves, all that kind of stuff all decked out in camo well then i realized you know just mainly because i wanted to hunt a lot which we're getting off on another subject oh, i know yeah, but yeah. but you know i realized them cow it's movements what they were picking up on and if they picked me out is either because i didn't have background cover or you know they done got so close it is too late before they picking me out you know if i was sitting still so yeah but the point i was trying to make is you know if, if wearing camo and 
wearing face paint and all that kind of stuff and hunting on a on a dark moon gives you more confidence then hey go for it you know whatever whatever you feel like works for you but yep uh, totally agree totally hey i got something for you about that face net and stuff I used to get people would message me quite often and say, Hey man, I noticed in your videos, you don't never wear a face, face net, neck gaiter or a face paint when you're deer hunting and coyote calling or bobcat calling. Why is that? And I've always told him, I said, you know, if a, a coyote gets close enough where he sees my face and it, it gives me away, that sucker already dead. Yeah, he's in trouble then. I've had people, you know, message me and tell me, you know, well, you couldn't do that on these coats. You want to bet? You want to bet? <laughs> they, they must have better, them coats out there got better eyes than these do around here. I, I, I hear the same thing, and, and there's been oftentimes I get that, I'll see that message or that comment, and the thing is, I might have been out there in their country two weeks ago and burned them up. Oh, oh I know it. <laughs> that's a different subject that's a different subject there but i got i've got one question for you and i already know the answer to it you know i always try to put you on the spot and this really ain't gonna be that rough on you okay uh-huh. say if i say tory next january let's get us a hunt going i want you to plan it out you know you we go to this state we're going there in january you pick out whatever three days in that month that we're going to go hunting and you just plan it and i'll be there um are you are you checking the moon guide to see what the moon's doing <laughs> for any of those days? Is that going to be a factor for how you plan out that hunt in January? No, I mean I would. <laughs> I, it goes back to what we said earlier. If we had three days and that's just when it hit out, we'd make it happen. I mean, we'd kill some coyotes. Um, there you have. If I looked at the weather, it'd be just just making sure we wasn't going to have wet ass exactly 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 well that's all i all i needed to know so to sum it up for this podcast and again tory not a biologist john not a biologist but tory just one last question you see no significant factors when it comes to calling coyotes with moon phase and barometric pressure at all No, I don't think there's anything predictable or reliable. Just just go hunt and uh, put that effort in. You'll you'll have success. There you go, boys. Go out there and gals. Get out there and get to calling. Tor, you wanna you wanna leave us with anything before we jump off here? Just that usual. Appreciate everybody listening and using our stuff, Fox Pro and MFK. And uh, hey, give us some feedback on the podcast. We like hearing from y'all. Topics, subjects, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's it. Appreciate you. Yep, uh, spot on. Uh, you guys have any ideas that you'd like to hear us talking about on this podcast? Anything you want us to cover that we haven't been covering? Send us messages. Post it up on Facebook, Instagram, wherever. And another thing, wherever you're listening to this podcast at, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Simplecast, wherever you're getting this, Google Google Podcast, leave us a leave us a review. You know, rate us. Hopefully, hopefully enjoying it. If you ain't gonna put no five star or something like that up in, I don't. I'm not interested in it. But, <laughs> but anyway, we appreciate everybody that tunes into this. We hope that this podcast helps you guys out. You know, we're here to, we're here to, hopefully you find it entertaining, but at the same time, you know, this is about education. We want you guys to be better predator callers, whether you're after coyotes, fox, 
Bobcats, whatever. You know, we want you to succeed. We want you to succeed using our products. We don't want to see none of you struggle. So hopefully you're taking something away from this, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. We hope you join us again right here on the Fox Pro Podcast.